0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast all about faith and wellness. I am Dr. Shantae, your host, and welcome to part two of the Confidence Series. So for those of you who are new to this podcast, Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast that is all about giving you the tools, the support, the resources, the scriptures to help you live a whole and complete life, which is what I truly believe is God's will for all of us. And we are smack in the middle of a series, the Confidence Series. So again, if you are new to this podcast, this is part two of the series. And so in order for you to get the full context, please go back and listen to episode number one. So as we pick up the Confidence Series part two, our guiding scripture for today is Philippians 1 and 6. And it says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So today we are going to go to the word. We are going to talk about how to cultivate confidence and the fruit of confidence. So let's get into it. Actually, I take that back. Before we get into it, I have a sidebar. So I know that we recently in the US and the States had this election and that saga in a number of ways is still playing itself out. But I was one of those people who was kind of like dialed into MSNBC and, and CNN and watching and waiting for the results. And I wanted to share this with you just as a sidebar. Genesis 50, 20. So five zero chapter 20. And these are the words of Joseph. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. I'll repeat, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this day to save many people alive. So let's talk about mail-in ballots for a second, right? I bring this up because, and I think this is actually a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today in the confidence series. Sometimes It seems like evil is winning out. Sometimes it feels like the fix is in. Sometimes it feels like victory is out of your reach. And this is how I felt back in June when the current incumbent of the White House appointed Louis DeJoy as the new postmaster general, planted there to disrupt the mailing system and suppress the right to vote and discredit the mailing system so that people would not mail in their ballots. This is also how I felt when the current resident of the White House would get on Twitter and other mediums and say, you know, oh, you can't trust the mail. It's so fraudulent. You'll never be able to get your vote processed in the mail and all of that. And even though Twitter would like flag the, the post and say, hey, this isn't entirely accurate or you should do some fact checking it can feel like the deck is stacked. I felt this way on election night. So on the night of the election, when there was not a clear winner and it seemed like evil was going to prevail once again. But when those mail-in ballots (laughs) started to be counted and for three straight days, it became clear that the plan backfired. This is the scripture that dropped into my spirit. But as for you, you meant evil against me. In other words, as for you, you meant evil against me. You meant to disrupt my confidence in the process of the vote. You meant to disrupt my confidence in the process of the mail. Uh, But God meant it for good in order to bring about this day to save many people alive. And so as hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots came in and decided the outcome of the election I just wanted to drop that in your spirit because sometimes it looks like it's not going to work out. Sometimes it looked like the deck is stacked, but the very tool, the very instrument that the enemy will use to try to destroy and discredit you will turn around and be the same one that God then uses to liberate you. So I just want to put that in your spirit as we go into the word. So just to recap, the definition of confidence is a Feeling or a belief that one can rely on someone or something. It is a firm trust. It means to be certain about the truth of something. It is a feeling of self assurance that arises either from an appreciation of your own abilities or your own qualities. And so, as we look at our guiding text, Philippians 1 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. First of all, who is he? Okay, he is God. Paul is writing here. He says, I am sure that what God has begun in you, which begs the question, what has God begun? God has begun the process of conforming you, of changing you, of transforming you into being less like you and more like Christ. Paul is saying, I am sure that what God has begun in you, the process of becoming less like you and more like Christ will be completed by the time that Jesus returns. So this process is one of growth. And you should be able in your life to look back at situations that may have once vexed you, that may have just put you all the way out, that made you bitter or scornful. And now you have complete peace about it. Things that used to trip you up now don't even register on your radar. God is continuing to mold you. So what the writer is saying here is that you can be confident that what God has begun in you, he will not abandon. He's not going to walk out in the middle of the project. He's not going to leave the work half done. And it means that in every situation of your life, you can be confident that God is there because even through bad decisions and poor choices and moments of weakness and despair and anger, God is going to use it as a tool to bring you closer To him. And I want to apologize in advance. If you hear like squeaking noises, so in my condo, which is why I will never live in a condo again once I leave from this place, I have an upstairs neighbor and they are like the hardest walkers in the world. And so there's just no editing that out. So I apologize if you hear that. But God can use the bad decisions, the poor choices, the despair, the anger, all of it as a tool to bring you closer to him. And we talked about that in the last episode when we made that reference to Romans 8 and 28. But here's what the word also says about confidence. If you look at Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 32 through 35, and I got a great suggestion from a listener to start putting all of these scriptures in the show notes and in the description, which I will surely do. So if you want to follow up and do your own study, you absolutely can. But here the scripture says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you had endured in a great conflict full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution and other times you stood side by side with those who were treated that way. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So what is Paul saying here? Now, remember, The early church. okay, so the church that was established after Jesus died on the cross was under heavy persecution, not only from the Romans, but also from the Jews who did not believe and accept Christ as the risen Savior and Messiah. So here Paul is saying, do you remember when God delivered you? Do you remember when you were thrown in jail? Do you remember when they took your stuff away and you didn't even sweat it because you knew that you had treasures laid up for yourself in heaven? And so he concludes by saying, so remember that. Remember the time. And when you have those moments of reflection and remembrance. Do not throw away your confidence, your trust, because it will be richly rewarded. In other words, don't cast your faith aside because of what's happening in your life right now. So to make this personal, do you remember the moments where God delivered you out of a situation when he made a way when your back was against the wall and and it looked like it was over when you thought that you would never be free of that toxic relationship. And now that toxic relationship is just a distant memory. Remember when your credit was all jacked up and you never thought that you was gonna be able to bounce back and now your bills are paid. You didn't got through the bankruptcy, experience and giving you gold stars and saying you got good credit. Remember those times where you faced opposition, where you faced challenges and in your remembering, do not throw away the confidence, the faith that got you through those tough times to begin with. Don't suddenly develop amnesia and forget how many times that God has gone to bat for you and knocked it out of the ballpark. Don't act like your problems are suddenly too hard for God to figure out. If you go to Genesis chapter 18, and this is the reference to Abraham and Sarah, because Sarah was well past the childbearing years. And in this conversation that she's having with God, as God is telling her that you are going to give birth to a son, she was like, oh, yeah. And his response to her is, is there anything too hard for God? And some versions of this say, is there anything too hard for Yahweh? So in other words, put some respect on my name, okay? Like my proper name. Is there anything that is too hard for me? I remember back in the Believe in Bigger podcast, I had did a whole series on Job. And if you go to Job chapter 38, and this is where the end of his situation is kind of coming to a close and things are coming to resolution, if you look at chapters four, I mean at verses four through eleven. God is asking Job a series of rhetorical questions and he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off the dimensions. Surely you must know who stretched a measuring line across it or where its footing was set Or who laid the cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, who shut up the sea behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this is how far you can come and you can come no further, when I made the waves to cease. In other words, when Joel was complaining about his situation and his circumstances and saying, Well, maybe, Lord, this is beyond your scope. God is saying, hold up. He read him. He read him for filth. Okay. he said, hold on. Let me read. Let me put on my glasses and read you. Let me remind you what I have done before you were even a blip on the radar. And then you tell me if I can do all that. Why do you think that I can't intervene in your situation? Genesis says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens and the earth in six days. And here we are, we call ourselves believers and we have no confidence, no certainty, no assurance, no irrefutable evidence that God is who he says he is. If you go to the book of Mark, and so now we've gone from God and over to Jesus. If you go to Mark, when the disciples were in the boat and they were like, oh, master, don't you see that we're perishing, that the waves are crashing in and the boat is rocking hither and thither. And then when Jesus spoke to the waves, so Mark chapter four, around about 38, 39, he spoke to the waves and said, peace be still. But then verse 40 is what I want you to to hook into for this episode. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no confidence? So let's put, let's sandwich these these two pieces together. Job got read by God when Job was starting to doubt and wonder whether or not God could turn his situation around and God said, let me pull out my resume and let you know what time it is because you wasn't nowhere around when all these other things were going on and all these other things are significantly and infinitely more complicated than what you got going on in your little life. And then Jesus bookends that when the waves are crashing and storms is rocking the boat, he says, how is it? How is it you've been with me a good 18 months now? We ain't just met. We ain't fresh, you know, into the relationship. How is it after all that you've seen? How is it after the miracles? How is it after the healings? How is it after the deliverance? How is it that some waves can come crashing into your life and suddenly you have no faith? How is that possible? And these are people that were with physically with the. Jesus had a first hand eyewitness account of all that he had done. And they still struggled with having confidence. The word also says in Isaiah 41 and 10, and I know I'm giving a lot of scriptures today, but trust me, it, it's all working together. So if you do take the time to read these through, I promise it'll bless you. Isaiah 41:10 says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed or upset, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So Isaiah and Jeremiah, this is all about the children of Israel dealing with the consequences of their actions, namely disobedience. But once again, even in the midst of their struggle, even in the midst of their self-inflicted wounds, God is saying, do not be afraid. Do not be upset. Why? Because you belong to me and I'm going to help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some of us are so afraid to pray and ask God for anything because we know that we have not dotted every I and crossed every T. And we have areas of shame and struggle and we feel like we don't deserve God's blessing or his favor. But what does the word of God say? God's word says, but my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is not like us. He does not do us like we do him. He doesn't do us like we do us. He does not turn his back on his children just because they're out of order. God is love now sometimes that does mean tough love but according to the word that love is designed to strengthen and help you god sacrificed his son we talked about this in the last episode so do you think that after giving his son after breaking heaven's treasure to redeem your soul from the pit of hell that he wouldn't give you a job that he wouldn't let you start a business that he wouldn't make a way for you to pay that outstanding debt if you honestly feel that your actions are blocking your blessings, there's a very simple solution. Stop, (laughs) cut it, end it, cease and desist, okay? If God broke heaven's treasure for you, yes, he has the power to allow you to launch that startup or write that book or host that retreat Or whatever it is that you are afraid to do or lacking the confidence to do or write that pitch, whatever it is, God has the ability to bring those things to fruition. But if you feel like you cannot come to God or that you cannot reasonably expect anything from God because of some choices that you've made or some decisions or some areas of struggle, then ask God to help you with those areas of struggle Turn away from those areas of struggle and then continue to walk on and lean on and stand in his word, which brings us to cultivating confidence. So the definition of cultivate is to grow. It's to grow something or to improve its growth. So how do we cultivate confidence? So I told you in the last series that uh, the week of December 7th, I was going to be doing a seminar. So three days we're gonna spend talking about how to build and develop and grow your confidence. And the doors are open for that. So if you wanna head over and take advantage of that seminar, it is available at readytobelieve.com. And best part is it's 40 bucks. Merry Christmas to you. But cultivating confidence, this is the centerpiece of what we're going to be talking about in that series. But I want to touch on it a little bit here. In order for you to grow something, in order for you to cultivate anything in your life, a seed has to be planted and then watered and given sunlight and time to mature. So you're already ahead of the game. The seed of faith has already been planted. If you are a believer in Jesus and him crucified, then you have already made that conversion. So step one is already completed. Hebrews eleven six six says, and without faith, Without confidence, it is impossible to please God because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists. So first of all, you've checked off that box. You believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Bishop Joseph Walker often says, dogs don't bark at parked cars. In other words, if you didn't think that there was anything to it, if you didn't think that there was anything worthy, if you didn't think that there was any sort of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you would not pursue it. So not only do you believe God, but you continue to pursue God and seek after God because you believe in the power of God. So once the seed is planted, It must be watered. And I looked this up. Why do plants need water? It seems like a a very simple question, right? Because all living things need water in order to grow. But here's the key. Here's how water serves the plant. When water is absorbed by the root of the plant, it travels through the plant's stem to help move nutrients from the soil into the plant. I'm going to repeat that when water is absorbed by the roots, it travels through a plant's stem to help move nutrients from the soil into the plant. So two things I want you to take away from this. Number one, if your seed of faith is planted in bad soil, it is not going to bear fruit. The water is what carries those nutrients into the plant. And so the nutrients come from the soil. And if you are in bad soil, then you are not going to bear fruit. Uh in the Believing Bigger podcast, so I actually looked this up for y'all. Uh, season five, episode six, there's an episode called What Kind of Soil Are You? So if you want to follow up as a, as a compliment to this episode, I would go back and check that out. But a seed of faith cannot bear fruit in bad soil. Secondly, water helps supply the seed with the nutrients that it needs to grow and flourish. So the question is, what kind of water are we talking about? We talking alkaline water, tap, you know, what what we talking about? The answer to that question is living water. So if you go to John chapter four, verses 10 through 13, and this is where Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God, And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, this well water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So my question for you is, where are you watering your seed? See, the woman at the well in Samaria, she was focused on tangible right now in my face I can put my hand on it water and and resources that I can use in my day-to-day life and so many of us are like that we looking for the angle we looking for the hook we looking for the scheme we looking for the secret sauce we looking for the way to get our toe in the door and Jesus said as long as you looking in those places you're gonna be thirsty you're gonna be thirsty and you're gonna be dry And you're going to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep trying to draw from, from a deep well that's already saturated with so many people. And God says, but if you knew the water that I give, if you would take advantage of my water, you would never Thirst again. And so my question for you is, where are you watering your seed? Are you watering your seed in the word or are you watering your seed in the world looking for the angle and the hook and the scheme and the, and the collabo and all of that? And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not knocking none of that. Hey, do you? However, with respect to where you're putting your trust, because you know, God can go open any door at any time through anybody. But in terms of where you're putting your trust and your faith and your confidence, are you watering that confidence with the word or are you watering that confidence with the world? And then the plant must be given sunlight. So remember to cultivate is to grow something or improve its growth. And in order for you to grow that thing, in order for you to grow that confidence, the plant has to be given sunlight. So what does the sun do? The sun helps the plant grow by providing energy for the process of photosynthesis to occur. Well, what is photosynthesis? Y'all like, oh, Dr. Shantae, you're taking me back to, to eighth grade to ninth grade biology. Well, photosynthesis is the way that plants will convert, that is, turn into Inorganic resources like sunlight, like water, like carbon dioxide and minerals into organic sources that the plant can use. So it turns things that are not as tangible into things that are tangible that the plant can use for fuel. Sunlight is necessary so that your faith can be converted into the food that will sustain you while you are in pursuit of your goal. I'm going to repeat that sunlight is necessary so that your faith can be converted into the food that will sustain you while you are in pursuit of your goal. What do you mean faith converted? What does the word say? Faith without what? Works is dead that belief has to be converted into something that will sustain you in pursuit of your goal and newsflash waiting is part of the pursuit because after you've planted the seed and you've watered the seed and you've put the seed in the direct sunlight guess what you have to do you have to wait and waiting is part of the pursuit Isaiah 40 28 through 31 says this have you not known? Have you not heard? You ain't heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint, neither does he get weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no strength, he increases strength. Even the young people shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Side note So, for those of you who are men and women of a certain age, and you're looking at these young whippersnappers and millennials and TikTokers and things, Thinking, Man, I'm past my prime. And then you see him six months later taking a hiatus because they didn't broke down a mental collapse, destabilized and jaded because of all of the pressures that they've succumbed to with their platform. The Bible says even the young folks will faint and get weary. But they that wait upon who the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so the sunlight that you need is the faith. That you convert into the food that is the works that you are doing in order to say, Lord, I believe, Lord, I trust, Lord, I don't know what the end is going to be, but I'm going to move in the direction that you called me anyway. And as I move in that direction, that is going to fuel me. I want you homework. Go every time. Google every time in the New Testament where Jesus said your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. In other words, not just your belief, but your actions, your subsequent actions that you took is what has restored you or brought about the outcome that you desired, which brings us to the fruit of confidence. So Hebrews, so we're back to Paul Eleven, eight 8 and 9 says this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Your faith should bear fruit. There has to be fruit. There has to be evidence of your confidence and here hebrew the writer paul is saying that by faith abraham went to a place meaning he started moving even though he didn't know where he was going he didn't know what the full picture was going to be but he trusted god it says he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country guess what Your deliverance, your blessing, your next, your what's going to happen in in destiny is not necessarily going to be rooted in places where you are comfortable. Sometimes you have to be a stranger in a foreign land. Sometimes you have to be the only person that looks like you in the room in order for your blessing to manifest trusting God and believing God for what it is that you have prayed for Hebrews 11 11 through 12 says and by faith even Sarah Abraham's wife who was past childbearing age wasn't able to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise why was she able to bear a child beyond her childbearing years because she considered him faithful who had made the promise and so from this one man Abraham and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. Your confidence should provide some evidence of your faith. The writer goes on to say in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. So this ain't no one time flash in the pan. You either walk by faith, or you walk by sight. You're going to be walking regardless. But the question is, how are you going to walk out this thing called life? The writer says they were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Hey, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What is Paul saying here? Abraham did not live to see all the descendants that came from him as numerous as the stars and the sand on the beach he didn't live to see that but he welcomed it from a distance because he knew that as a believer His time on this earth was short. The fruit of faith pays it forward. You may not live to see all the rewards of your faith, just like Abraham didn't live to see all of his descendants. But your confidence, your faith has the power to bless people that you have not even met. We are not permanent residents here. We are passing through. And when our time has ended, will your faith speak for you? When our time here has come to an end, when we've taken our last breath and walked our last mile, is your faith going to still be here speaking for you? Will the evidence of your confidence outlast you? That is the question, folks. Faith bears fruit. And if there is no evidence of your confidence, then you need to reexamine where your faith and your belief and your trust truly, truly is. So that brings us to the end of this episode and a few things. So one, if you want to take advantage of the confidence seminar, go ahead and register at readytobelieve.com. Number two, thank you so much to those of you who are continuing to rate and review this podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, which changes the algorithm and allows more people to find this uh show. And if you feel like this would bless somebody, please each one reach one, send this to somebody so that you can encourage them in their week. Um, You just never know when somebody needs a word. And so next week, we will move on with our special guest in part three of the Confidence series. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, if you looked into these scriptures and they blessed your life, holla at your girl at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I will see you next time.